third installment of our series today. I believe we're going to start reading in verse number eight in Luke's gospel, chapter number two. When you get there, you can say amen. Verse eight. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Daddy, we love you with all of our hearts. We all love you with all of our strength. We, Father, anticipate what you want to say to each and every one of us this morning. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand the test of time. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us an anchor through your word, your son Jesus, who is the express image and the glory of the invisible God. To him we give glory and praise. So God, as we embark upon hearing the word of the Lord this morning, May every heart be attuned to what the Spirit is saying to every individual. And God, will we find you in this season like we've never found you before? We thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. As I said, we began our series a couple of weeks ago. It's amazing. I'm sitting here thinking to myself that It seemed like Thanksgiving was just a week or so ago, and here we are now as Christmas is next week. Anybody ever think or feel like this time of year just kind of speeds by really fast? And so we had started our series, Unwrapping Christmas, several weeks ago. We kicked it off by way of recap. We talked about uh, unwrapping salvation, and we talked about and we determined in that particular message that the most important gift that we can give uh, to anyone is the gift of Christ, sharing his love and seeing people's lives transform out of darkness. This must always be our priority as Christians, that we are to always, more than anything else, be about sharing God's love to a dying world. Last week, we unwrapped faith. I thought it was amazing as I talked about, uh, we talked about Mary and how she had such extraordinary faith that she believed God 
I mean, think about it. The angel come down and say, you're going to have a baby and the daddy is going to be God. And, 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 and Mary just simply responded with great joy and with great faith. And she said, Lord, let it be according to your word. And here was a young lady, we believe, who was a teenager who exercised great faith. And so we determined that if we're going to do anything significant for God, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything all right. But you do have to have faith. And we talked about that being the vehicle by which God expressed his will in the earth through his people. We have to believe God. And so the Christmas story is a story really about people that had tremendous faith who believe God. And therefore, when God finds a people that will believe him, how do you know God will come through and he'll reveal his will to the world. And so today, uh, we want to continue in that series, and we're going to uh, unwrap today joy and peace. Now, if you look at your Bibles, we uh, read a passage this morning, but I want you to particularly look at verse number 10 and verse number 14. So we'll kind of focus on those particular verses this morning. And the angel said to them, verse 10, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all People, great joy. Everybody say great joy. Great joy to all people. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Everybody say peace and goodwill toward men. Now, the Bible says that we are to make the most of, ev make the most of every opportunity that we have. And I really believe that Christmas provides us with a wonderful opportunity to reach others and to share God's love. But you must know that unlike any other holiday, Christmas has the capacity to expose a lot of negative feelings. For some of us, most of us who are sitting here today, perhaps, and Christmas is a time for you, great joy, excitement. But there are a lot of people who have very, very difficult and strained relationships in this time. There are some people that perhaps are right around you who have not had such a wonderful experience. And so to them, the holidays, in particular Christmas, is a time of loneliness. It's a time of frustration. It's a time of emptiness. And in fact, we find that there's an increase in suicide, or at least a thought of it, every year around this time of year. Loneliness often pushes people to the edge. Relational issues tend to come to surface, and not always for the good. Past hurt and pain cause some to simply wish the Christmas hurry up and come and go. So for a great number of people, they are absent of joy and peace. In fact, I can remember my own life, and I don't want to dig too much into this, but uh, there was a time when I remember when I was in college, and even though I had a I had an idea, I had a major, I was majoring in communications in college, and every year around the time of Christmas is normally the time when uh, people go home and uh, they share their time with family and friends and they're excited, but every Christmas for me, I simply stayed at college. Sad to say that my, my home life situation wasn't the best, and so for me, I tried to avoid it, and I tried to find joy and happiness in the things that were around me. And I'm not going to belabor what those things were. You can probably imagine what they are because we all kind of experience these things on some level. But I found myself in a place in my own life 
just wanting joy, just wanting peace, and, and, and just not knowing how to get there. And perhaps that's why I am so passionate about my walk with God today, some 26 years later. I can honestly say before you unequivocally that having found Christ as my Savior and having responded to the call, that at that very moment, my life radically changed. I found a reason to live, hope and peace and the joy that escaped me, I seem to find. And, and no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what the challenges are in my life, there's always a place inside of my soul where I'm satisfied. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's not really based upon the circumstances that you're going through because let me tell you, your circumstances are probably not going to change. I, I, I laugh at these folks who always, you know, they, they tell people, well, you just need to give your life to Christ and everything will be all right. Well, I, mean, I kind of understand that, but mm, not everything is going to be all right. You're, you're still going to have challenges. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. But what God came to do is God came to give us peace and he came to give us joy in the midst of whatever it is that we are experiencing. And so joy and peace is ours. And what happens is, and you and I both know this, either from experience or people that you know, as a consequence of people's lack of satisfaction or their relational deficiencies, they turn to things like money. They turn to power. They turn to influence. They turn to, 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 to alcohol or drugs and they turn to lust. All of these things, believe it or not, because down on the inside, there's this thing of I, I, I want joy. I want peace. And sadly, there are a lot of people who are struggling today simply because they, are, they have no peace with themselves. They're struggling, trying to figure out. And though the world will offer you momentary, everybody say momentary. The world will offer you always momentary gratification. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it, it, you know, it satisfies you for a moment, but in the end, over time, you realize it's not all that is cracked up to be. And so everybody wants joy. Everybody wants peace. They just, some folks just want to try to get it without Christ. And how many know that you can't really have real joy, real lasting peace apart from relationship with Jesus Christ. Trust me, I tried that. Is anybody else in the room who's tried that? Come on, raise your hand. Come on. Anybody else tried that? And you discovered that. There is, there is nothing else. And our job is to point people to the one that can give us true joy and true peace. And it's not based upon whether or not you get your favorite gift. As a parent... We're always having to educate our kids. Every, every, every parent ever had a kid that weren't happy about the gift they got? You know, one of my kids one time said to me, and I won't tell you which one I got for. You can figure it out on your own. But one of my kids said to me, this is the worst Christmas I ever had. And, and they said that simply because they didn't get what they want. My kids are laughing because they know what I'm talking about. He said, it's the worst Christmas. And, and, but that's the way people think. Their, their, their happiness and their joy is wrapped up in stuff. And Christmas is not about, believe it or not, it's not about the stuff. The stuff really is supposed to be an expression of the love of Christ so that we can point people to the one who can give you real joy. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? 
And so we don't want to lose sight of that. And this is why I think is I said before that you that uniqueness of, of, of who we are. We have an awesome opportunity because we don't have to be like everybody else. How many know that God called you to be peculiar? He called you to be different. Don't try to be like everybody else. Be different for the glory of God because this is a time when God can reveal his glory in a significant way. And nothing will satisfy us more. I trust me. Nothing will satisfy you more than a phone call from a friend a loved one of somebody who's saying, I figured it out. Jesus is my joy. I've surrendered my life to him. Think about that gift. I don't know about you, but if somebody called me and said that to me, I mean, that would be the best Christmas gift this year I have gotten because that's what we live for. So the problem is that people are, 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 are still looking to the world. And they don't understand, but you understand. And sometimes we got to be careful because how many know that Christians have a problem with amnesia? Jesus said, in fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the whole book of Deuteronomy uh, was written, it was part of the Pentateuch, but that, that whole book was written to kind of educate people to just remember. Moses spent a lot of time saying, let me go back and help y'all remember, because y'all are some forgetful people. If you don't watch it, you'll slip right back into your old way of thinking and forgetting, because we always say Jesus is the reason for the season. How many of you have ever said that? But, but let me ask you a question. Do the folks that are, who are around you, do they know that Jesus is really the reason for the season? Can they say that about your life? So we got to be careful here. And so part of this message this morning is to just to reacquaint us with the reality of, of, of what we're confronted with and to help us to understand that our goal and our job is to bring people the knowledge and the help that will set them free forever. So what's the problem with trusting in the world? What's the problem with that? Romans 8.22. Let's look at, let's explore this for a moment. The Bible says, for we know, now think about this, I'm talking about the world. I want you to think about it. The world is everything that's in it, your material possessions, this world system. So when you hear us talk about the world, we're talking, we're talking about the ideology of the world. We're talking about this world system. We're talking about the things of this world, the mindset, the world view. All of that, that's what we're talking about when we say, uh, uh, we talk about the world. But Romans 8.22 gives us some incredible insight. It says, so we know that the whole creation, the whole creation, not parts of it, the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until this very moment, until now. I've had the experience of watching my wife be in labor. Some of the ladies know what I'm talking about. It's not a very, very uh, pleasant thing for them. It's not really a pleasant thing for us brothers who have to watch that. But, 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 <laughs> but, um, but when somebody is in labor, they're, they're in pain. They're, 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 they're in discomfort. The Bible says the whole creation right now, the whole entire creation is in pain. It's the whole creation is broken from its original intent. So the things that's supposed to bring happiness bring pain. The things that we seek joy in, they, they give us just the opposite. Because the, the, the entirety of all creation is broke. Relationships are broke. The way we even think are broken. How many know we can't even rely on our own mind? 
That's why the Bible says, God says, that my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Because we have digressed from the place that we were originally supposed to be. So all of creation, everything is broken around us. It is corrupt. This is why I say that it's unwise to, to put too much trust in people. Hear me when I say this. I have relationship, and I think you should love the Bible, call us to love. But how many know that people have faults? How many know that people are not perfect? And can I say this to you? People will let you down. And let me, let me give you another revelation. You will let somebody else down because you're not perfect. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? So we're all broken. So people are still seeking joy. They're seeking peace from something that is broken and can't really deliver. It can only deliver shades, shadows, momentary pleasure, but it can't fulfill the real longing of the heart because we have fallen. Bible says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, and the whole world is passing away. Think about it. People are seeking joy and peace from a world. They're thinking satisfaction from a world that is passing away. And the Bible said, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away. Our money is passing away. Your material possession, even as you speak, are passing away. Baby that comes into the earth, from the moment that they're born, they start the process of dying. It's all passing away. But the Bible says the will of God will endure forever. And what is the will of God? This is what it's all about. Because God didn't just leave us in that condition. He says, I, I, I sent you a lifeline, and that lifeline is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Says you can have the joy, you can have peace, but here's how you get it. There's no other way to get it but through the one who offers it, and that's Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 11 says this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away, with a great noise, and the elements melt with fervent heat. Both, I want y'all to get this, because I don't want you walking out of here putting too much stock in your stuff. How many know we need to hold our stuff loosely? Y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? You need to hold it loosely. Don't put too much stock in your stuff, because, because you, you, you can't take it with you. There's only one way you can take it with you, and that is invested in, into a kingdom way of thinking, a kingdom mindset. This is so important, church. So I said that, watch this, and, and that which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Think about that. Think about it. The works that are in it, will be burned up. Watch this. And here, here's what he says in verse number 11. He says, now, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, here's the key. He says, now, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? In other words, since you now have a revelation because you have found joy, you, you who are in Christ Christ, 
You who have surrendered your life to Christ. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, you know, halfway in and halfway out. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. See, and, and you have never experienced the joy that you, that, 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 the fullness of joy that God wants you to have until you jump in with both feet. Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, when I came into this thing, I came in like this. I jumped all the way in. I didn't listen. You know how some folk do, they want to, before they jump in the water, they want to see how, how cold it is. No, no, brother, I didn't even ask a question. Once I got the revelation, the Holy Spirit came on me, I jumped all the way in, and at that very moment, my soul has been satisfied ever since. Ever since. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not tripping. I'm amazed at how many people sit here in this church week in, week out, keep sipping from the weak and the beggarly elements of this world, ever learning, never coming to a knowledge of the truth, find themselves going around that mountain, around, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I've been, at some point you got to say, brother, I've been around this mountain too long. I got to come up off this thing. I got to go all the way. So joy and peace is ours. But you can't get it from a world that is broken. You can't get it from a world that is peace. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the mind of those who don't believe. The God of this world, y'all know who he is. He's Satan. And he's, he works overtime to convince you and everybody else, just like he tried to do Jesus. Y'all know he tried to tempt Jesus. If you're the son of God, won't you jump down and just, you know, just, uh, you know, the angel of God will take care of you. Just, just, just worship me. And, and the devil was trying to offer something to Jesus that he already had. How many know you can't offer me what I already got? If you know you have joy and peace, what can the devil give? All the thing the devil can do is take it from you. He tried to offer Jesus something that he already had. So Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. I already figured out. I got everything you, I need. How many know if you have Jesus? If you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. Everything. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what they tell you. Don't believe it when they flash the commercials on the TV and, and, and you start spending money that, that you cannot afford because you're trying to seek satisfaction and stuff that will never help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of people are in debt today. This is how the system is set up. It's wired to get you to keep popping this stuff in front of your face. And they're saying to you, boy, if you do it, yeah, you'll be happy. And how many of you can testify that a lot of times my happiness has turned into some, some pain? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I thought this was going to work, but boy, I, 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 I messed this thing up. So 1 John, here's the warning. 1 John gives us uh, the, uh, a really, really fascinating insight into this because on the face of it, it appears that John is kind of contradicting himself because we're kind of like in the world. You know, we're in the world, and the Bible says we're not supposed to be of the world, even though we're in the world. But, you know, we have stuff, and the Bible also tells us we're supposed to enjoy the stuff that God blesses us with. Uh, but but he, he gives us some insight here in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. He says this, do not love the world. That's a warning. That's God telling you, don't love the world now. Don't go too far. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. Do not love the world. Watch this. The world's system, the world's mindset, the world's ideology. 
because can, can I say this to you? That any ideology that clashes with the revealed will of God, that ideology will crumble. Any mindset, I don't care how good it sounds, I don't care how, how articulate they are, I don't care how they use big words, I don't care how many PhDs, doctors they have in front of their names, if their mindset clashes with the, with the mind of God, those things will fall. Those mindsets, those those. Those mindset, those ideals that run contrary to what God says ultimately was going to crumble. So that's why he says, that's why he's telling you as a Christian, do not love the world. You have revelation now. You understand this. Now, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So now he said, don't love the world system the way they think if it runs contrary to my way. He says, but don't even love the things of the world. You pastor, what do you mean? I love my stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. The key is make sure that the stuff don't have you. And the only way to make sure the stuff don't have you is you just got to give it away. I don't know no other way to know. I don't, the only way, I know people talk a good game, but the only real way that you really know that your stuff don't have you is start giving it away. See how it makes you feel. That's the only way. Y'all, some of y'all tripping here and we have time for offering. I see some of your faces. I, I get it. I, I, I've been in church for many, many years. I understand all that. But you don't understand a part of this process is to get you free from the stuff that you're clinging on to. Because in your mind, because in, in practicality, you say you're not trusting in that stuff, but we ain't living like it. A lot of times. Because soon as somebody say give, man, it's like, oh, watch the back. And really giving is the only way to really discover whether or not stuff don't have you. Just start giving it away. And don't just give away the stuff. And how many know we don't do no favors? We give away the stuff that we don't want. Oh. <laughs> Woo! Some of you boy, you go get stuff that you wouldn't dare put on yourself no more. You're going to get stuff that is old, you won't, but you're handing somebody else, and you feel good about it. You give somebody some stuff that you really like, and it hurts to give it away. I had a brother, had a friend of mine, and uh, he was a good friend of mine, I, you know, and he still is. And uh, Sean Perkins, I'll just say his name. I love him. We're like brothers. We, we, we love each other. And, and, and one day he, he was a deacon. Uh, he was a chairman of the deacon board. And I was one of the deacons. And, and, and he came in one day. He had this beautiful tie on. I mean, it was like, a, it was a, you know, brothers know what I'm talking about. Brother who know anything about ties. I mean, he, this was a really, really nice tie. And I just said, I wouldn't even, I just said, you know, I was comfortable. I said, brother, that's a really nice. And he just bought the tie. I could tell you, I'd never seen it with, I mean, I'd never seen it with that tie. And he just said, he said, here, he took it off. He handed it to me. And I looked, I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to. He, no, I want you to have it. Now, I don't know what his motive was. I, I, I believe I do know. I know he loved me. But the thing of it is, that even to this day, everything they have, they hold it loosely. They just give stuff away. How many know you can't outgive God? Learn to be a giver. Stop fussing about it. Stop complaining about it. Stop yelling and screaming because somebody asked you to tithe. Learn to be a giver and watch God bless you. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Don't love the world. The things that are in the world. He said, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He said, all this stuff is not of the Father. Do not put your absolute faith and trust in a world system. 
It's going to leave you hanging. It's going to let you down. The world know how to take you. How many know the prodigal son, he was way up high till one day he realized he was in a pig pen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And he came to his senses. The world know how to take you on a high. It'll take you high and you will think you're on top of the world. Anybody ever see that movie? I don't know how you even bring it up, but, you know, when I was in the world, there's a movie I used to like. Anybody ever seen Scarface? I can't recommend it because it's, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. But the story is this guy who's a drug, and, and, and he just said, he had this little slogan, like, the world is yours. It can have all the world. I want it. And he was selling these drugs, and, man, he was, like, having all this stuff. I mean, it was showing apart, man, when he was just, just laughing and having a great time and just, you know, enjoying all this, this illegal, criminal, high life. And, boy, it looked like he was living on, on, on cloud nine until one day when that thing came to an end, he was shot up, shot up dead, and he was a very unhappy person. It's really a picture of, 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 of how, and I want to show that. I want to describe it. Don't, don't watch the movie. Look at the neighbor and say, don't watch the movie. Don't watch it. I can't. I can't. Parents, don't they, it's not, it's not. But when I was in the world, that was one of the things. And, and, you know, but, but that's how the devil does. He takes you on a high. He takes you up there. He takes you way, 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 way up there. And all the while, he's just waiting to, uh, and you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm feeling good. And all of a sudden, you realize, like, wow, man, what happened? Now you're depressed. That's how the devil does you. You can't believe nothing that he says. The Bible says, here's another warning in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 33. Here's another thing. Talking about the world, its system. He says, do not worry. <laughs> do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Don't worry about it. <laughs> that don't even seem right, does it? Think about it. Because you and I both know that the world evolves around what you eat, what you wear, Right? But you drink, don't the world evolve around that? I mean, people make decisions every day around what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink. I mean, some of you right now, the first you got up this morning thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> the whole world evolves around eating, drinking, what I'm going to wear. And so people make decisions because, watch this church, because to them, that's everything. That's how that's how life is supposed to be. So I got to be concerned about this. My happiness now, my joy is going to be contingent upon what I eat, what I drink, and what I wear. If that stuff ain't right, I'm not going to have no joy. This is why Jesus invade the thing, and he says, do not worry about it. <laughs> uh, don't you just love the word of the Lord? So do not worry, saying, and he tells you, what do I eat, what do I want to drink, what shall we wear? But here's the thing. He says, for after all these things, Gentiles seek. That's really somewhat of an insult to a Christian if you really think about it. He said, everybody who don't know me, who don't know pure joy, who don't know what it's like, he said, that's what everybody, everybody else lived their life seeking their satisfaction in those things. He said, but, 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 but not you. Not, no, you, you're different, though. Watch this. He says, and this is to, to make stuff worth, he even says, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Does that make you like feel a little bit uncomfortable? Like God know you have a need and he make you wait it out? Has anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Has God ever made anybody sweat? 
He make you wait it out. And God does it on purpose. Because he, he does want to wing you off of a mindset that he knows in the end is not going to satisfy you. So he says, how I many parents can I give you some wisdom? Sometimes it's good to let your kids go without. Sometimes it's good. Why? Because you want to teach them. They got, they got to learn that men that not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Sometimes I believe parents, we do our kids a disservice because we give them everything that they want. And, 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 here's the, and here's what we're communicating to them, that that stuff is going to make you happy. And so they grow up and they become adults. The only thing changed is the toys get more expensive and they get bigger because it's a mindset. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? But Jesus says, watch this now. He says, but seek first. Everybody say first. Come on. That, that's not even a difficult thing. Everybody say first. There we go. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Watch this. He said, I'll take care of all the stuff. Oh, I got your back. He said, in other words, all I want you to do is just be concerned about kingdom life. How many know worry steals your joy? That's why Jesus said, don't worry. Try it. <laughs> you know, no, don't. <laughs> worry steals your joy. That's why Jesus said, don't do it. Don't do it means you, you have some control over that. And I... I I've said this to people, and I've said it from this pulpit many times. When I say it, sometimes people look at me and they get offended. And I say, you're worried today because you choose to worry. And then some people get upset about that. Well, yeah, the Bible says, Jesus, do not. Do not. Everybody say, do not. <laughs> do not worry. That's a command. He said, don't do it. He's telling you, don't do it. But then he says, but seek first the kingdom. He said, now why did he... Why does he want you to do that? Seek first the kingdom. Uh, Romans 14, 17. I want y'all to turn there. I don't think we have that verse. I want y'all to turn there real quick. Just turn there. Romans 14, 17. Just turn there real quick. I want you to lay eyes on this. Why would Jesus say, seek first the kingdom? Everybody say kingdom. He said, seek first the kingdom. He said, I don't want you worried about stuff. I don't, want you over, I don't want you overloading on the world. I don't want you all overly concerned about these things. He says, yes, you know, you need to provide for your families, yes, but I don't want you putting all your hope, your trust, and all of that because, because at, the, at the end of the day, I got to be the source. I, I, you got to see that I'm your source. I'm your real joy. I'm your real peace. This is Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, anybody there? When Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. So why would he say, seek first the kingdom? Because the Bible says right here, here it is right here, y'all ready? For the kingdom of God, here it is, what everybody wants, is not eating and drinking. Y'all get that? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, watch, but what? Righteousness and peace, watch this, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many of you in here want righteousness, peace, and joy? It's in the kingdom. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom, and then you'll have that. How many know money don't necessarily give you peace? Things don't necessarily give you joy. But he says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Ron Canola used to have a song. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Y'all, know, y'all don't know that? Um, go look up Ron Canola and play that song. You'll you get it. Okay. So the Bible tells us to be sober, be vigilant. 
Because your adversary, the devil, he wants to tempt you to believe none of what I just said to you. He wants you to leave this room and go back into the same old mindset that you had, perhaps, perhaps, when you came in. He wants you to have an overdose. He wants you to be like everybody else because, listen, if you don't get, young people, listen, I see some of you in here. If you don't get what you want for Christmas, then you still need to say, Lord, I thank you. It's all right. Maybe parents, maybe, maybe take one of the gifts that you got and just withhold it and just see how they act. And the kids right now are all shaking. They're going to get me. I see the brother back there. He's like, oh, no, don't, don't, don't do, do that, Pastor. Stop. Because the devil don't want you to. The devil, as I said before, as he, as he deceived Jesus, he want to do the same thing to us. So we're wiser than that. Everybody say, I'm wiser. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Great verse. Hold, hold up. Everyone who thirsts. Everyone who thirsts. Really, Isaiah really is, 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 is calling. Uh, God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah, to those who are thirsty, meaning those who are looking for peace, those who are looking for joy, those who are looking for satisfaction. He said, hold up. Wait a minute. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Waters are satisfaction. You remember the woman at the well? When Jesus said to her, woman, I got water that I will give you. If you drink this water, you never. Oh, she said, oh, Jesus, give me that water. That water was him. Him. He is the water. He is the satisfaction. He is the joy. Are y'all with me in that? Come to the waters and you who have no money, come by and eat. Watch this. Don't spend your money for stuff that ain't going to help you. Stop wasting all your money. Did anybody like wasting money? No. Don't waste your money for stuff that ain't going to satisfy you. Listen. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and, look at this, without price. How many know God's joy and peace ain't going to cost you nothing? You just got to take it. You know, it ain't going to cost you nothing. You don't have to go spend money. Some of you have been spending a lot of money trying to get joy and peace. Got one question. How is it working for you? He asks a rhetorical question here in verse number two in Isaiah chapter 55. He says, why do you spend your money? Look at this. How many just love the word of God? I just love God's word. He says, why do you spend your money for what is not bread? Why are you going to go in debt? overexert yourself for something that in the end, you might have that nice, big, pretty house, nice, pretty, pretty car, but if you can't pay for it, come on, church, and you end over your head, how many know your joy and peace have been, it's gone. You gave it away. Don't let the devil trick you. He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen careful to me. Watch this, church. And eat what is good Watch this. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. That's what that word means. How many know peace comes from within? It comes from within. He, I mean, he says, let your soul inside. Let your soul come drink of me and let your soul Delight itself in being fulfilled. Do I have any fulfilled Christians in this room today? Did anybody else know what I'm talking about? When you feel, yeah, yeah, everything ain't right. 
Yes, you still got problems, you still got trouble, but there's always this undercurrent. You just know that whatever happens in your life, everything is going to be all right. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You just know that no matter what happened, no matter what the devil brought, I know I'm going to be all right. I'm at peace. Ah, and all I want is somebody else to have it. How I many know it's a travesty for you to walk around with all that peace and all that joy down on the inside of you, and you got people you see every day, and you don't share it? Whatever you do, utilize this season to share that glory and to share that goodness of God. Jesus even said it. Jesus comes later, hundreds of years later, and says the very thing that the prophet Isaiah said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Jesus didn't make it personal. He said, come to me and drink. You're thirsty? You're hungry? You feel like you can't get enough? You feel like you can't find satisfaction? Whatever. He said, come to me. I'll give it. I have it. So this brings us now. That was my introduction. Okay. Some of you guys scared. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's all kind of wrapped in. It's, <laughs> some of you in the panic mode right now. <gasps> no, Pastor, please. I'm leaving. Um, I just know how y'all think, man. I'm all in your head. The Holy Ghost just, I mean, it's amazing. You up here, the Holy Ghost started speaking to me, showing me stuff. All right. So it brings us down to our passage. It's the two verses, verse number 11. For there who is born to, you this, to this day, this is uh, yeah, Luke chapter 2. Verse 10 and 11, the angel said to him, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, great joy, great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. How I many you know that great joy is what this whole Christmas season is all about? The angels first says to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Isn't it amazing? Angels, I always... Do you ever feel like you want to ask that? Why the angel always say that? Like, you look like so, I don't imagine, but everybody who saw an angel, man, the first thing they start thinking, like, whoa, wow, ooh, you know. He said, some folks said, man, I saw an angel at the foot of my bed, yeah. Yeah, but they were all cool. But everybody I know that's seen an angel, most of them, they just kind of boom. Like, oh, what's that? But the angel says, don't be afraid. In other words, listen, don't, you don't need to be afraid anymore. You don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to be scared about the future anymore. You don't have to be afraid. Why? Because I have glad tidings. I got good news. Good news. How many know that Christmas, this is a time of celebration. This is a, this is a time of rejoicing. This is a time of dancing, singing, celebrating. This, there is good news. Everybody say good news. Why? Because Christ has been born. Joy has been born. How many know love has come down? This is, what, this is what it was really saying. This is kind of like my paraphrase. When he says, you know, glad tidings, good news. This is excited, exciting time. This is amazing. Why? Because Christ has been born. Love has come down. Eternal peace has come down. Salvation has come down. Deliverance has come down. Reconciliation has come down. Joy has come down. Eternal life has come down. Hope 
has come down. Righteousness has come down. Justice has come down. Judgment has come down. Jesus the Christ, hope and joy has come down to you. This is a time of great rejoicing. This was an amazing thing. So how many know that he wants us to have joy? He wants us to be at peace. He says, glory to God. In Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. How many know that God wants you to have peace, not just, because we all understand this from a theological standpoint. We all understand in our Christian orthodoxy, so we understand this, that there's coming a point in time when God will vanish the entire earth, all the earth and everything in it, the works and everything, as I read earlier, will be burned up. So we understand that Jesus is coming back. Everything as you know it, someday this world will cease as it is, and God's going to bring in a new earth, a new heavens, which is going to dwell nothing but pure righteousness in all those who love Jesus Christ. And the church said amen. But watch this. But God don't want you to have peace. Watch this. Just when that time comes. How do you know you're supposed to have peace now? Everybody say peace now. Peace now. In fact, y'all remember when Paul was writing to the saints, Oftentimes, Paul would, say, Paul would say stuff like, grace and peace be unto you. Not, not like, like one day. No. How many know God wants you to have peace now? When Jesus, after he rose from the dead, when he met his disciples, when he came through that wall, the first thing he said to them, he says in John, this is John 20, 26, he says, peace be unto you. Not a peace that's coming down the road, but peace now. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, Get this into your spirit. He says in John 14, 27, peace, I leave with you. He knew he was, he knew he was, he knew he was leaving. He was going back to be with the Father. He says, now, as I'm going, he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. The peace of knowing that Jesus won the day. You know what we sung the song? Hallelujah, you have won the victory. That's what it's all about. Knowing that he won the day, knowing that he satisfied our sin debt, knowing that he made a way for us. I have peace. I'm at peace with God. He says, peace, watch this, not as the world gives. How many of the world's peace don't hold up? Not to this peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Did you not know that Jesus knew before he left that you would have trouble? Did you not know that Jesus already knew that you would have the problem that you're having? He already foreknew that. And you know what he still said before he left? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't you worry about a thing. I want you to walk in my peace. I want you to walk in knowing that I got your back. And watch this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how it gets, how many know you can trust him? People you can't trust. People will let you down. But I know Jesus will never let you down. He will never, ever let you down. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians said, but in prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And God's peace. Is anybody in the room that's at peace today because of your relationship to Christ? You know, it's, as, I'm, as I'm getting ready to close here, you can come on out, brother. As I'm thinking about this, um, you know that scripture where it says, Jesus says, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Everybody know what that verse? And you know, a lot of people mistaken that verse. 
Because a lot of people mistaken that to mean when Jesus said, I'm coming to give you life more, and give you life more abundantly, people think the first thing they think of is God coming to give me more stuff. I'm convinced the more stuff is what we don't need. I, I believe in America, we got too much stuff. But, you know, Jesus wasn't talking about stuff. He was saying, I'm going to give you substance. I'm going to give you a reason for living. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to fulfill that which in you is empty and void. Those moments when you're looking out into the sky and you're looking out and you're just wondering what's there and those moments when depression tries to jump on you, those feelings of emptiness, he says, I came to give you quietness came to give you peace. So he said, I came to give you life more abundantly. He's saying really that I came to give you the fulfillment that you so desperately want and are seeking for. That's what abundant life means. It don't mean more stuff. If you get more stuff, God bless you. Like I said, the more you get, the more you what? Give. Learn that. The more you get to whom much is given, what? Much is what? The more you get, the more you give. Learn that principle before you leave this earth. You'll be blessed. So what should be our attitude in all these things, church, as it relates to Christmas season and all this stuff? First, we know that our trust and identity is not in the things that we have. We want to praise and we want to give God thanks. Obviously, we want to to give it away and we want to know that true joy is based on our relationship with Christ true joy and true happiness and true peace is not going to come through the things of this world it's going to come through a relationship with Jesus so all the people that you see that are out there you don't have to take my word for it just go to the mall some of you might go shopping today I know you got a lot of your last minute shoppers just look at the, look if you can look down into the hearts and minds of some people you can see the discomfort you can see all the frustration because they are missing the point. I'm asking you, don't miss, don't, don't, don't miss the point. You have joy and peace. If you're with Christ today, you're walking with him, you're at peace. But, but here's the thing. There's some folks around you who don't know this. you got to share this with them. you got to share it with them. It's up to us. It's not going to just happen. We have to take responsibility for that. Amen? Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.